0: Hello, and welcome to Fiction Fans, a podcast where we talk about books and other words too. The segment you're about to hear was recorded during episode one, but we didn't have time to include it. We hope you enjoy this throwback bonus episode. So say it was published in July, 2018, And it has five out of nine chapters, and it was last updated September 2018. (laughs) It's like, oh, you cranked these out, and you have no intention of ever coming back to this. Why should I waste my time on a story you did not want to finish?
1: Yeah, I mean, like, that's the kind of story that I wouldn't bother to start. But if there is a story that, say, someone published it two weeks ago... And there, and it sounds interesting. And there are two chapters. I'll give that a shot because I'm willing to take a chance that the author might continue updating.
0: I don't think I've ever run into that. I've, it's either like last eight, updated four years ago, sucks to be you, or it's finished. Like I, I don't think I really run into the in between. That could be because we do uh, read very different types of fan fiction and also different fandoms different like origin works i don't read any harry potter for example yeah. and i could definitely see that series lending itself to more um, long harry, form
1: uh, harry, harry potter is basically the only thing that i read really in, in fan fiction wise um mm-hmm. despite not actually being a huge fan of the source material i don't like harry potter the books that much and i really don't like jk rowling as a person well, I don't um, think
0: anyone's going to argue with somehow. you with that at this point.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, probably not. But but somehow it's the Harry Potter fan fiction that I keep coming back to. I've always been kind of amused by that dichotomy, you know, like not actually liking the source material, but liking the fan work. It's kind of strange. Well, I can
0: see but like, could Harry Potter is difference. so, it's so big because I don't think we could argue like I'm I'm not gonna try to argue. Like it's it's a huge inf- not influential isn't even the right word, but most people know it. Um I'll say that safely.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I, th- <laughs> I think that's a safe thing to say. I think part of what draws me to the fan fiction is that the the world is that Rowling imagined is so rich in um, opportunity for writers. Like there are a lot of different directions you can go and a lot of different ways that you can interpret the magic system and the the cultural society and, and so there's there's a lot you can do with the source material even if you don't like what she did.
0: <laughs> you actually like glitched you paused out for a second on my end after you said it's so rich. Oh no. <laughs> and I was going to I heard everything you said. <laughs> but I was going to jump in and argue uh that the reason why there's so much fan fiction is because it's so bland. But then you finished Rich with, well, with okay. opportunities for writers. And I was like, oh, okay. In that case, yeah. I agree completely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because she
1: leaves I, I, I mean, so I think, many. I think there are a lot of holes.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think there are a lot of holes in what she writes, but but there's a lot of opportunity for writers to go in and fill those holes. And that's what makes um, the fan fiction um, fun to read. Well, and it it provides
0: writers fan fiction authors with a a sort of framework right they can start from these characters that we recognize this world we're familiar with and they can build off of it Uh instead Uh of having to start with like Uh let me explain to you how school works because i would Uh argue that the concept of a magical boarding school is not uh revolutionary (laughs) it's Um, not
1: unique no i mean nothing about her story is unique but but really
0: uh it provides a framework that that people can can work within Mm it Mm -hmm. it provides this sort of starting point where we can all like it gives us a shorthand for okay yeah when you say hogwarts i know you mean Boarding school for roughly eleven to seventeen year olds. You don't have to explain that to me. Let's get on to the good parts. And I know I just said world building isn't Mm -hmm. the good parts, and that's going to be what people really come at me for. But I said it. (laughs) (laughs) A world exists for a story to take place in. No, a world exists for a story to take place in.
1: But I think, I think, but I think world building is some of the most interesting. I'm not saying I, that world
0: just, building is bad. It's just not. It would never cause me no. to pick up a book.
1: I would Whereas never I would pick, definitely up a book. pick up a book because it has good oh, world building. No, I'll oh, see.
0: We're just very different readers, but that's good. That's why we're doing this. We're, we can yeah. disagree.
1: Well, you can't have a story that is not interesting but great world building. Like that's just you're going to end up with a boring story if. Your story does not do anything, mm-hmm. but on the other hand, if you have minimal story and a lot of world building, I still find that fascinating. like as long as the story does something, then even if it's just exploring how the world building goes, like <laughs> then I'm happy i yeah I was I was gonna say i'm I'm generally happy to like i'm I'm not too picky about things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think you out of the two of us, I think you may be the pickier for me, what?
0: pulls me into a piece of storytelling no matter what it is will almost always be the characters that that's just a personal uh that's just a personal interest the 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 people involved and how they interact and how they grow or don't grow and that might be why i have no problem with reading something that has dislikable characters unlikable characters is the real word because that that's that that's how people are. Most, most people are kind of unlikable, at least a little bit. <laughs> and so I'm okay with reading about
1: it. If all of the characters are unlikable, I'm going to put the book down. If I so, don't like the characters, I'm just not going to keep reading. <laughs> for me, it, there is such a huge
0: difference between a character I dislike and a character the narrator likes.
1: Yeah, i mean sure. if i'm
0: That's, reading those a are book two very well i i maybe i maybe i phrased that poorly but uh this is this is something i've sort of grown into i only say because i think the catcher in the rye is a very good example of how i have grown and changed as a reader when i first read it in like middle school or whatever not for class i should say because my dad told me i should I did not like it because I didn't like Holden Caulfield. But then you grow up, (laughs) you read the book, and you realize that's all right. You're not necessarily supposed to like him, and it's okay.
1: Unlikable characters who are supposed to be, um, who you are told through the narrative are likable. I'll put that down too. But Mm -hmm. on the other hand, unlikable characters that you're supposed to, who are main character that you're supposed to dislike life is too short for that why would i bother reading something with someone who i find distasteful
0: oh you would hate the great gatsby
1: (laughs) yes i would there's a reason there's a reason why i haven't read it (laughs) it is not my kind of book
0: all right fair enough fair enough yeah like (laughs) that's probably why i like it so much i mean looping back that book is (laughs) I mean, there is, of course, all of the the commentary about society at, during the twenties and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but if you're looking at the piece as a novel, it is so character driven, and that's well.
1: And I that's want, why I like I want more world building. I want more world building than just characters. I mean, you you need, you can't have a good story without good characters. But I don't, I want something with more than just characters. I want interesting settings and interesting world, too.
0: Well, isn't that, is, is that not just a comment on the fantasy genre? Because you, theoretically, we already know what America in the 20s was like, because we took a history class in high school
1: maybe i mean again i everything that i've seen tells me that the characters are unlikable and i would not enjoy reading the book so i haven't and it's true that i read mostly fantasy or like academic text mm-hmm. i don't read a lot of nonfiction, or i mean i don't read a lot of fiction it's just fantasy or science fiction because possibly it's the 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 real world setting has less interest to me as a reader.
0: Mm -hmm. I would, I would agree. I don't read a lot of literary fiction, which is my shorthand for it happens right now. And there's not a lot different. There are some books that I do really love, not just like classics, um, which I, I will talk about. There's one I have in mind that I cannot for the life of me, remember the name of, but they, they have to have something else going on. Personally, but yeah. I would argue that historical fiction—I well, don't—is contemporary. Oh, that's not the right word. It, it is the right word, but contemporary fiction would refer to stuff right now. For example, like *Great Gatsby* or *Pride and Prejudice*. They aren't historical fiction because they were contemporary. However, now right. they are not. Liter- like they're not modern day so what is is there a different word for that there probably is i can't think of it
1: i mean there's certainly not historical fiction because i think historical fiction specifically refers to f- fiction that is written that's why i stopped by myself. an author now yeah but yeah so
0: yeah. but to to further my point that is a different world i do i do not live in pride and prejudice world maybe you do <laughs> I don't.
1: <laughs> I do I do not live in the Pride and Prejudice world now. <laughs> and I haven't read any Jane Austen works in quite some time.
0: But as I an example a- of a story that takes place in technically the real world, well, the real world. Um, right,
1: but but I was I was going to say that I I did enjoy those stories when I read them because there is the aspect of unfamiliar to them Mm -hmm. you know like it's it's still yeah it's the real world but it's it's a a real world that I'm not familiar with and I enjoyed it versus a lot of things set in the present day don't really appeal because I know I'm not going to live through a murder or whatever I hope but I just don't have much interest in reading about the modern day (laughs) I live through the modern day that's enough for me
0: <laughs> well that's so interesting because then you're you're going to talk about some travel nonfiction so it, it is well I will agree that element of escapism and even even the the sort of modern realistic fiction that I'm talking about is not a lifestyle that I will ever experience so I think there is still that element of the unknown that is important I don't want to read a book about myself. <laughs> Is that, you know, exactly. Yeah. But all of that is to say, I don't, we got so off topic. We were supposed to be talking about the risk of starting an incomplete work.
1: We did get very off topic.
0: This has been a throwback bonus episode from episode one. If you want to hear more, you can follow us on Spotify and Apple podcasts. We are also on Twitter and Instagram at FictionFansPod. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye!